John Clayton. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. Streaming live at 710sports.com. On demand everywhere on the 710 Seattle Sports app. Now, John Clayton. And we are taking your phone calls to see your reaction to the first weekend in the National Football League. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. See what your thoughts are. Did you like the way that they let Russ cook? Did you have fears on the offensive line? What was your thought about what's going on with the defensive line and the pass rush? Your thoughts on the Falcons and also your thoughts on the NFC West. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Nevertheless, a good start by the Seahawks getting a 38-25 to victory and even better than that coming out with no injuries to speak of. So I think that was good. They are pretty healthy team as they go now against two interesting games coming up against the New England Patriots and Cam uh, Newton and also the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. DJ, what do we have? Oh, okay, so we are waiting for your phone call, so give us a call here, and I'll tell you, it's, the, uh, it's going to be interesting to see you know, what goes on in today because I think all eyes are going to be on that Tennessee-Denver game just to see what Jadevian Clowney looks like you know, because he just signed a week ago and uh, is expected to be moved around and do all those different things, and so uh, that, that should be interesting to see. Then, of course, Pittsburgh, of course, with the earlier game, chance to play the Giants, see where Ben Roethlisberger is <clears throat> because you know Ben, of course, in that Seahawks game last year, suffered the elbow injury that, uh, well, he had the elbow injury that's been lingering for some time finally had to get surgery on it missed the season but he's supposed to be back and being strong and you know i thought the one thing about uh, week one and of course we're taking your phone calls at 866-979-ESPN-206-421-ESPN well, we got a caller now john if oh, okay. you uh, if you would like to take yeah, him his name is connor in san diego hey connor hey john uh, big fan of your show uh just real quick biggest takeaway was just seeing jamal adams fly around the field yeah. Isn't he phenomenal? I mean, again, the comparison yeah. on him is he's a combination of Troy Palomala with the range and speed and uh, Brian Dawkins with the hitting and savviness, which is a pretty good combination. Agreed. What Thanks, what, what, what specifically did you like about him? Uh, the sack uh, definitely stands out, but uh, just making tackles in the backfield – um and just uh and especially with um especially with the uh no crowd noise mm-hmm. he's definitely a big uh big voice on the defense yeah i tell you what that's a that's a great secondary i mean but i i don't think enough people give credit to quandre diggs you know that uh, Shaquille Griffin is so solid at the other cornerback position. Quentin Dunbar is getting back up to Dunbar is getting back up to speed. That secondary is going to be key. <clears throat> and sure, they gave up over what a 400 yards, but I don't think that's as big of a deal because again, where is where is this group? I think they're going to be in pretty good shape. Great, thank you, John. Hey, Connor, thank you very much. Eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN. Taking your phone calls to react to the opening game of the two thousand and twenty season, a game that I think that uh, was pretty satisfying. And you know, as the game went on, I mean, you just saw Seattle take control. Russell Wilson at his absolute best. Uh, you saw early in the game that uh, it looked good running the football with Chris Carson, and also how about Chris Carson's ability to catch the football? Thought that. 
that looked really good. So those are encouraging things, I think, that are on the docket for this team. And so overall, I thought that uh, it was a good, good day for the Seahawks. And uh, overall, we'll see where it goes. But, uh, yeah, yeah, there were some surprises. I, the game that stunned me the most was Jacksonville. How's Jacksonville, with 18 rookies and 28 new players, able to beat an Indianapolis Colts team that had Phillip Rivers as quarterback? I agree. I agree, John. It was pretty crazy. Um, Chris and Everett um, just got on hold here, so I'll uh, get him on air here. Okay, Chris. Hey, John. I'm going to talk for, with you for, uh, for you on Saturday. So, anyways, um, man, let's talk about um, Jamal Adams. That guy's a hella good player. Man, he went straight to the quarterback, and he, man, he's really quick and fast, and he's so happy to be in be in here in Seattle. What do you think about Jamal Adams from last night? I mean, from um, yesterday morning's game. Uh, same thing. I think about him every time I watch him in practice. He's absolutely incredible. He's that good, and uh, you know, again. Uh, that's why he was voted the best safety in the National Football League. And I think in this system, he's only going to get better. And I give credit to uh, certainly the the defensive coordinator because I thought that they were more creative. They blitzed a little bit more. They gambled. They used their speed. But I thought that uh, that was that was a very encouraging thing. And so uh, what other things did you notice that you liked? Uh, His speed, whatever, and... um... And going after like any player on the on the team with uh, um, the that game yesterday. Mm-hmm. What I like about him is he's quick. I mean, he's very freaking fast. Reminds me of Earl. So, anyways, um, yeah. And there's some other stuff of um, he 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 knows what he's doing. So mm-hmm. you know. And um, hey, one more question to ask you, yeah. and then after that, we go off the air and. Um, my, my last question is, do you think the Seahawks will go to the Super Bowl of this season and win it all? They could. I think what it comes down to is that uh, they just have to play like they did. And, you know, because, again, what happens this is a little bit of a tougher start in the first two, three games. You know, road game Atlanta. You know, you got New England, although it's not the same New England team. you got Dallas. That's going to be a tough game, but both those games are at home. You get through those, and uh, then they can get off to a real good start. And, you know, I think right now if they're battling – uh, New Orleans for a possible number one seed. You know, we'll see if San Francisco can bounce back. But uh, overall, I thought it was a pretty good one. Hey, thank you for the phone call. And uh, DJ, who do we have on? Uh, next here is um, Nelson and Kent. Hey, Nelson, how are you? Hey, John, how's it going? Great. So, a few thoughts on the game. Um, but let me start off by saying, you know, there was probably three or four years there that I was not the biggest Russell Wilson fan. I was pretty convinced that that he was, I don't know, just like it seemed like Pete kind of treated him still like a rookie, maybe because there's some deficiencies there. But I've really flipped on him the last few years. To me, it's kind of the other way around now where Russell is really has really bailed Pete out of some really just, again, I'm, I'm very much on the let Russ cook train. So, you know, coming out passing like that was awesome. Got a huge lead. I mean, I can't remember the last time we scored – two touchdowns in the first quarter. It's, I mean, it seems like it's been three years since that's happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was some play calling there in the middle of the game. After we scored, We the drive, all of a sudden when we handed off to Homer on first down and that drive didn't work, and then the drive where we scored to the touchdown on fourth down, I mean, Russell bailed Pete and, and Shoddy out of a horrible third down play call there to Homer on the running. Like, like never run east and west there on third down third and four or whatever it was that play call was so disgusting 
And then I'm glad they went for it on fourth, and Russell throws the dime to the DK. Uh, the defense, you know, I'm. It's a bend but don't break defense. I'm still a little worried about how they're going to get some pressure. Uh, the pressure they got in the game, you know, from what I saw, maybe I'm wrong, but most of it seemed to be from like like when Adams came in and got the sack or whatever. And most of it seemed to be just like guys going completely untouched, more like just bad bad coverage from the other team, not something that we necessarily did. But, you know, I'm not a football expert. That's just what I see. Okay. But overall, a very promising game. I hope the offense continues with that. I think it goes to show that you don't necessarily have to rush for 100 yards to win. I mean, Russell Wilson is your best defense and your best offense. Use him. Continue to use him. Put, you know, do what the Ravens did last year. Just keep stepping on the pedal and, and destroy teams. Good, good call, Jim. Thank you so much. Hey, be sure to check out the professor's notes on 710sports.com. Professor's notes are brought to you by Infinity of Tacoma at 5. Coming up next, we are going to get the report card out. It's the John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. It's time for the report card with the professor. The report card we get out every day. We look at the good, the bad, the ugly, the smart, the stupid, what people say, what people do. We take the stories, we take the anecdotes, we take the social media comments, and we also take the voices and put them all together. Curtis Rogers off today. And so let's go with DJ Wilder. And so, DJ, what do we have? All right, so first, uh, we all know about what Jets defensive coordinator Greg Williams said about Jamal Adams saying he was going to get bored in Pete Carroll's defense, how he was just all he's going to do is just drop back in the zone. Maybe he'll get to you know, play more in the box in the running game, but he was really just going to be dropping back into a deep zone. Well, Jamal Adams yesterday, after his spectacular performance, um, had this to say about a, a little bit of a shot at Greg Williams here. I wasn't bored. You know, I was blitzing. Um, I was having fun. Um, it's, it's about the same, to be honest. It, it might have be, been a little bit more. Um, it reminded me um, a little bit of Todd Bowles uh, when Todd Bowles used me, um, you know, my first two years. Um, but, you know, just out there making plays, man, whenever my name is called or my number's called, I'm, I'm trying to do whatever I can to help the team win and get put in the best position, position uh, to get the ball back to three. Because uh, obviously you get the ball back to three, he's going to make special plays. So um, that's, that's, that's my focus. So there, of course, he said, well, I wasn't bored. I was with And then he also had something to say about Russell Wilson's performance, saying, yeah, I'm not used to having a quarterback like that. I'm not, I'm not really used to that. So, John, what grade do you give the pettiness of Jamal Adams? I'll give him a B because, again, it's like uh, you, 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 you traded. It was a trade that he was very upset about. And so <clears throat> one that he wanted out of there so bad. So I think he's, like, he's going to take shots. And <clears throat> so I'll give him a B. Because, you know, you, you can see it's like, how can you give up a player as good as this and not pay somebody that's as good as this? I just find that incredible. Yeah, do you think uh, the Jets missed him a little bit yesterday uh, against the uh, against the Bills? Uh, they missed a lot of things. How about the fact that Adam Gaze, you know, criticized himself for putting, uh, you know, keeping Le'Veon Bell in the game when Le'Veon tweaked his hamstring, and now they don't know where Le'Veon is. Yeah, what grade do you give the decision of Adam Gaze there? I saw that, F. and I'm like, well, uh, that's... Really? What grade do you give that? F. Yeah. I mean, again, it's like a guy's hurt. I mean, he grabs for his hamstring, and I mean, you don't take him out of the game just because he wanted to stay in the game. I, I just, I just don't buy it. All right. Next up here, John. The Astros and the Dodgers played each other this past weekend, and they were in L.A. And of course, there's no fans at baseball games this year, but the Dodgers still 
went all out and trying to troll the Astros a little bit for the whole cheating scandal that was revealed last offseason. And one of the things that they did, there was a huge mural painted on a on a street wall of Joe Kelly making the pouty face back at Carlos Correa. And Joe Kelly went there and made the face himself from the mural and um, tagged the Astros in that picture. And then the Dodgers um, DJs, the um, people that play the music there at the, at the stadium there, this was some of the songs on the list of songs that they were playing. One called I Saw the Sign by Ace of Bass, Banging on a Trash Can, Bad Guy by Billie Eilish, Video Killed the Radio Star, Bang on the Drum, and Truth Hurts, Payback, and Cry Me a River. What grade do you give the Dodgers for trolling the Astros here? Uh, and, and they didn't uh, throw at any of the Astro they did players? Not. They did uh, not. I'll, I'll give it an A because, again, it's like uh, the, that that's too dangerous that you can hurt somebody and all that stuff. But I thought that, uh, you know, to make their life miserable was a good thing to do because, again, you know, they felt so bad that uh, they were cheated on and they were cheated on. So I'm going to give it an A. Okay, so I, I heard you say, when you asked if they threw at anybody. If they had thrown at anybody, would you have given them a lower grade? Yeah, I would have I given them a C. Okay. Okay. So you. So I, you're definitely not in the camp of Joe Kelly throwing at Carlos no, Correa. No, no. No. I mean, again, it's like okay, we they've already made that point. They've already done it, and it's like okay, you're getting closer to the playoffs right now. Why do you want to put yourself in a position where if you throw at somebody, you're probably you're definitely going to get some kind of suspension, and uh, you're going to get ejected, suspended, and you're going to cost your team your talents and so that would have taken it down to a c but i'm going to give it a give it an a yeah i gotta give it an a too i i, I love i love the the subtle shots at the astros and by the way they might not make the playoffs they they really they yeah, really no. might not make the playoffs How about they're, the, they're the, the Mariners is a game and a half behind I know, them i know and there was video that surfaced um from 2014 when the Mariners were in a playoff hunt and astros were rebuilding at that point and they hit a walk-off single in Houston, and you can hear a trash can being um, um, someone hitting a trash can. And it led to a walk-off hit by the Astros, and it really put a damper on the playoff aspirations for the Mariners in 2014. So, I mean, there's a little bit of a revenge there, too, if they're somehow able to leapfrog them into second place in the AL West, which would get them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm, no doubt. All right, so this wasn't covered last week, but they played this again on Saturday night, so I wanted to play this for you, John. Marshawn Lynch and Rob Gronkowski starred in this commercial uh, for that was really just for the NFL kickoff here, and it was twice the night before kickoff, and it was a Chips commercial, and I would like you to take a listen to it. It was the night before kickoff, went all through the house, not a player was stern, not even a grunt, them nachos? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brady polished his helmet to give it a gleam. Excited for game day with his brand new team. The offense was nestled all snug in their beds as Doritos and touchdowns danced in their heads. You're a very loud chewer. I chew how I chew. And Romo in the shadows asked his crystal ball if Lays or Cheetos should be the next call. When up in her room, there arose such a clatter as Katie prepared for a defense to shatter. Away to the window, Bronco ran in a flash. He tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. Kickoff is coming. The pregame is here. Fans and players all decked out in gear. Now get the Doritos and get the Tostitos. Pour sauce, pour queso. Get the Lay's and the Cheetos. To the front of the sofa. Run down the hall. Now snack away, snack away, snack away, y'all. Because kickoff is here. And it's game day, y'all. So happy kickoff to all, and to all a good night. I feel like there's a lot to dissect there, John. Yeah. What grade do you give uh, it? I mean, I'll give it a, a B plus 
thought uh, you know Marshawn did well. Good to see Gronk involved with that. So I'm I'm, I'm going to give it a good grade because you know it's the you know instead of Christmas, it's like the start of the football season. So I think that's good. So I'm going to give it a B. And I mean, also it had Rob Gronkowski in there. Like yeah. he made a little cameo. That's got to make you happy, John. Absolutely. Right? I went to my high school, exactly. so it's like that's a good thing. Exactly. Yeah, I got. I mean, I got to give the commercial an A. I think it was a great idea just to kind of put a spin on a Christmas song because. Like you said, John, and I think especially this year, too, the start of football season really did feel like Christmas morning. I mean, I, I, I'm just so glad football's back. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. Yeah, and that's all the time we got for grades today. Okay, and of course, uh, you know, that's a that's a good thing here because we're able to go ahead and say that, uh, you know, listen to the show via the 710 Sports app. It's powered by the Dubin Law Group. Coming up next, we're going to go on the Vizzy Hard Seltzer text line. Take your text questions. 710-710, John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. It's John Clayton. Power through the Alaska Airlines studio. Two hours every day, 10 to noon. Streaming live at 710sports.com. On demand on the 710 Seattle Sports app. Well, a couple of things on the uh, on the NFL front. Devontae Adams of the Green Bay Packers, who had 14 catches yesterday, <clears throat> ended up getting a four-year extension for $58 million. Change of kickers looks like it's coming in Cleveland. Cody uh, Parkey, known as Cody Doink Doink, for his ability in Chicago to be able to bang it off the uh, uprights. He just signed with Cleveland, and David Naku, ended up, uh, the tight end, he ended up going on the injured reserve list for at least three games. We are taking your text questions at 710-710 on the Busy Heart Seltzer text line so dj what do we have all right so first up from the 253 if the air quality doesn't improve could the seahawks think about moving the game this weekend yeah well i mean they could i mean but it's not gonna it's i don't know what what's the number right now i haven't been it was able... like two thir- the air quality index this morning was 236 yeah if that's the case they might have to move the game <clears throat> but you would figure it's going to have some colder days coming up this week because I know on uh, Sunday or Saturday it was like 2.30 in San Francisco. And then by, oh, I'd say, what, 9 o'clock or so, then it was back maybe about 1.60. So oh, we're 2.30 here. Wow, that's amazing. From the 2.53, what did you think about L.J. Collier's performance? I thought he did well. You know, and again, I think a lot of the players, they kind of faded toward the end, you know, because, again, you know, not having been out there for a full game and all that stuff. But I think he came out strong. He had one real strong pass rush, uh, maybe a couple of real strong pass rushes. But I thought he did pretty well. He looked like a starter. Yeah, that um, that play he had where he forced the intentional grounding, he looked yeah. quick. Mm-hmm. Um, from the 3-6-0, will the Hawks sign a defensive tackle? Uh, I Maybe, yeah. I mean, we'll see. Uh you know, right now it's like they're not going to get looks like Damon Harrison because nobody's even moving on him, so that's not going to happen. But yeah, you know, I think they're going to constantly look, and so it wouldn't surprise me. From the three six zero, is it too early to resign Jamal Adams to a deal? He looked amazing. Is just the type of player that the Seahawks defense needed. Uh, right now, no, because I think they want him to play at the three point eight million dollars, and I think that they want to see if there's a way to do something with Chris Carson or do something, you know, with. Uh, Maybe Shaquille Griffin, but he's he's agreed he's under contract for next year for over about ten million bucks. But they'll do something with him because he's too good of a player. They can't let him out. From the three six zero, John, did you think the right side of Seattle's O line looked shaky and needs a little bit more work? Oh, I, I think all the all the offensive lines around the league needs more work. But I thought it did pretty well. I mean, again, it did give up three sacks. <clears throat> they did get good, uh, at least good on the run gain, even though they only ran the ball twenty times. But I thought that the not perfect, but it was okay. From the three six, so why is the UW speedster Dante Pettis in the 49ers doghouse? Will they look to trade him? Uh well, 
you can't get any value for him because he's been terrible. He was terrible last year. He didn't. Re- he hasn't stepped up. And uh, you know, you saw yesterday. I mean, here he was with a chance to start, and mainly because of all the injuries. Brandon Ayuk, the first round pick, he had to miss the game because of a hamstring injury. And you know, Pettis was only able to get maybe in one play that uh, they threw to him. He was targeted once and got no catches. From the 253, Professor, what are the Cowboys going to do about Dak's contract next year? How much room do they even have under the cap? Oh, they're going to be over the cap significantly because they have so many big deals. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to have a really tough time. And uh, I think that Stephen Jones, I don't know if he admitted that they were wrong in all this stuff, not getting into a deal this year because they want him on a five-year deal to stretch out the signing bonus, and he wants to do four. And so now <clears throat> they, uh, they're going to be in a tough spot, and they're going to have to pay him pretty close to the $39 million that Deshaun Watson got as opposed to the 34-5 that uh, they were offering. From the 509, hey, Professor, could Josh Jacobs take the leap to number one running back in the league this he could. year? Yeah, back then, I made a prediction on a bold prediction for the Washington Post that he's going to lead the league in rushing. He's really good. Yeah, he's, he's really, good. really good. From the 253, hi, John, how would you grade Ethan Posich's performance yesterday? Uh, I have to go back. That's not like a coach. you got to back and look at the film. But I think it went pretty well. I mean, uh, no real screw-ups and everything else. So I think he did decently. 360, John, how did you think Shaq Griffin looked yesterday? Is he still clearly the Hawks' number one corner? Yeah, I think he still is, no question. Again, you know, Quentin Dunbar is still trying to play catch-up and trying to get uh, out there and try to see where he can fit in. And, of course, uh, he did start. He struggled a little bit early, then started to get everything under. But, uh, no, I think right now that uh, they'll be in good shape there, and I think that if they can, they need to get some kind of a deal done with Griffin. Okay, kind of going off that from the 253, what was your take on Quentin Dunbar yesterday? I felt like he was underwhelming is what they said. Yeah, I mean, again, it's, remember, it's like most people thought that he wasn't going to start because he missed so much time, but he did start, and he's going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be fine. From the 425, what led to the Jaguars' victory over Phillip Rivers, and how do you see the rest of the Colts' season panning out? Yeah, I'm just stunned. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, they got kind of, thrown off when Marlon Mack does Achilles torn. They're starting running back. Uh, I think they were a little bit too conservative and not being able to, to do much. And then I'm just stunned at Jackson. I mean, Jacksonville is supposed to be the worst team in the National Football League. And here's Garner Minshew, 19 for 20, 95% completions. And uh, with 18 rookies on their team, 28 new players, they get a 10-point victory over, I thought, the best team in the division. Amazing. From the four two five, after all the running back contracts being signed over the weekend, what do those do to the numbers for Chris Carson? Mm, bump them up a little bit because uh, you know because you know he can still make the argument that I'm in that category too, and I don't know if they could really pay him you know the twelve and a half or they're not going to pay him obviously the fifteen, but I think it also puts him in a position where he might just be franchised. Yeah, do you think? Yeah, do you think he would sign his tender if he was franchised for next year? Well, I remember he's a seventh round pick, and so uh, I don't see why not. I mean, it doesn't do him any good because if you don't if you don't sign it, you don't get paid, and you don't get another year toward free agency. Would you bring him back, John? Yes, I would. He's a good back. I think he is too. I, mean, the- I would feel good about the franchise number, though. Right. Uh, from the 253, are you concerned that the Seahawks secondary allowed three players to receive over 100 yards? No. No. I mean, Pete Carroll's not concerned. And uh, Danny Danny O'Neill goes with the stat that uh, any time a quarterback in a Pete Carroll era here in Seattle throws over 400 yards, the team is 8-0. You know, it's, it's garbage time points that don't uh, – yards that mean nothing. 
Yeah, like, the, and they always air it out. That's the thing is, like, they they're always they're always airing it out. So I mean, I feel like you kind of have to take those stats with a grain, a little bit of a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now, you know, you watch next week. I mean, you know, Cam Newton's not going to throw for four hundred yards. I mean, he's going to come in there and just try to run the football. From the five oh nine, John, if the Falcons play poorly and get beaten badly in Dallas next week, could Dan Quinn be let go? No, I don't see it. I think they'll stand. They stood by him all year last year. They'll stand by him all year this year. But uh, and again, you you don't make changes this early in the season after one game. But uh, you know, at the end of the season, there's if they don't make the playoffs, I think uh, both he and the general manager, Thomas Dimitrov, are in trouble. From the 4-2-5, should the 49ers be worried after their loss to Arizona? I think they should, yeah, because I think the one thing that they did not do was upgrade in the uh, secondary. And you, you can see they had no ability to stop DeAndre Hopkins. And that's going to be the case. You know, they're going to have trouble against Seattle. They'll have trouble against Cooper Cup. They're going to, they're going to have trouble. And that's where, you know, it's like, okay, you, you build it from the front to the back with the defensive line, five first-round picks in six years uh, on the defensive line. And now you have an undrafted guy at the one cornerback position, and you have Richard Sherman at the other. So, uh, you know, they, they got a little bit exposed. From the two five three, why did Lano Hill get so much playing time yesterday? Uh, I think that they wanted to uh, just kind of spread it around because even though you know Jamal Adams was out there all but like one play, and you know I think they just wanted to spread it around because again, you know this is the first game for just about everybody in a long time. From the two oh six, are the Cardinals for real? Uh, they're going to be good. I mean, they're not going to be great. They're going to be even more for real next year. But, you know, the one thing is, is that, uh, you know, they were able to hold the 49ers to 20 points, even though the 49ers had virtually nothing at the cornerback position. So I think that, uh, but yeah, I think what you can see, their offense is going to be for real. From the 253 Browns fan here, how concerned should I be about that week one performance? Uh, you got to be very concerned because, again, here's a team that has 10 Pro Bowl players for 10 players who have been to the Pro Bowl, six on offense and uh, four on defense, and they give up 38 points on defense and score only six points on offense. That's ridiculous. From the 541 professor, was something wrong with Todd Gurley yesterday? Uh, same thing that uh, is normal. I mean, they, they were going to limit him to about 15 to 25 plays. But remember, he's got the arthritic knee, and I think they're concerned about that, and they don't want to overuse him too early. From the 2-5-3, does Jamal Adams have a have a chance to be better than Earl Thomas or and or Cam Chancellor? Uh, yes, I would think he has <clears throat> because he's got everything. <clears throat> he's got the speed that maybe Cam didn't have. He has the physical hitting ability that uh, Earl and cam have and you you can see he's just such a playmaker and he can get to the ball so many times get whether it's behind the line of scrimmage or in the back from the four two five what were your thoughts on dk metcalf yesterday i thought he's i mean you know he's had a couple drops but uh you know he'll get through that but i think you can see he's a big play guy and when they need the big play he can come up with it again he's not better than tyler lockett right now lockett's still the main guy but i tell you dk he did some good things i mean that 38 yard touchdown was sensational from the 509, does Alton Robinson get to play this week? Uh, debatable. I think uh, they took the idea. It's like, okay, this is the first game. Let's go with more experienced guys. And so we'll see. I'd say right right now the inactives of this week with no injuries are going to stay about the same. From the 206, when does Earl Thomas get signed? Uh, right now, unknown. Because you know Dallas, even though they've cleared cap room, they've, they've made no inklings right now of going after him other than kind of hinting that they might. But uh, there seems to be no progress on that. All right, last question here, John. From the 253, 
I'm glad we can joke on this a little bit. Who will have the better overall career, Tom Brady or Gardner Minshew? Uh, Tom Brady. I mean, he's already the greatest quarterback of all time. And so Gardner uh, gets a nice win and did some good things last year. But uh, he's not in that category of Tom Brady. He's not the GOAT. That one was for you, Jim Moore. All right, that's all the time we got for text today. Okay, and of course, uh, you know, coming back, we're going to get our daily dose of the Graz with Dave Grosby. It's the John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. John Clayton. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studios. On demand with the 710 Seattle Sports app. And time for our Daily Dose of the Gras with Dave Grosby. So, Dave, off to a good start. Seahawks get 38 points. Russell Wilson completes an amazing uh, percentage of his passes, uh, going <clears throat> 31 for 35. Thoughts on the opening of the season for the Seahawks? Uh, even though uh, the road is a different story now in the NFL with, without the crowds, it's, it's uh, uh, you know, a double-digit win on the road. I, I I agree. I thought it was interesting that they, um, for those who wanted to see them pass more, and we figured they'd kind of be the same old Seahawks. They were not 38 passing plays, 20 running plays. Russell Wilson, as you said, was, was unbelievable. 31 of 35 is on pace, uh, to have his best season. Uh, his connection with DK Metcalf was a, was an absolute thing of beauty. Uh, the offensive line had a few miscues, but they're, they're still getting used to each other. Uh, Greg Hardy, nice touchdown catch and, and, uh, Look, look reliable out there offensively. I thought they look great defensively. You know, their their pass rush is going to be something of an issue. But uh, what jumped out at me, and I wasn't alone, of course, jumped out at everyone was Jamal Adams. Just an, a whirlwind performance, uh, an unbelievable debut. I can't think of another one uh, for a guy that that had such an impact his first game in every aspect of what they do defensively. He is a unique talent, and and at 24 years old, is a guy who's going to get better. So. Uh, I thought it was uh, all positive stuff. No one, no one, I, I don't think, got hurt. So uh, that's another positive thing as well. And and uh, I, I thought an awful lot to like in, in, a, in a season opening game where, where when you look at the Seahawks normally in season openers, they're usually a little ragged. They're, they're not nearly as crisp as they were this week. This was, I'll argue, they're, when they're, except for the Green Bay Packer game right after the Super Bowl year, best season opener Pete Carroll's ever had yeah no I thought that was it was excellent but uh how amazing is Russell Wilson well he's just uh, you know he's just does it all I mean he, he's just at the height of his powers which is crystal clear I mean he sees the field and and he's a step ahead he, he's 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 at the very top of his game and he's at the very top of the league uh Atlanta had no chance against him no chance whatsoever he was never in trouble he was never confused uh, you know, he really, I mean, DK Metcalf had a couple of drops, one really egregious one. Otherwise, he would have been almost perfect. And this is throwing 35 passes, not throwing 20 passes. Uh, let him in rushing, although that wasn't really a big factor in the game, but had a, had a really nice carry early in the game. Uh, just, uh, just the total package. They've got, they've got, if not the best, one of the top two or three best quarterbacks in the game. And, and for that reason, you know, you, you have Super Bowl hopes. And the Seahawks have Super Bowl hopes. Yeah, no doubt, and uh, you know it sets it up now. If you can get through these next couple games and get a couple wins, and then at some point the schedule gets a little bit easier, taking on some of the young quarterbacks. But uh, you know, I know that Matt Ryan is good, and once again for the second straight year, passed for more than 400 yards. But uh, you know, Pete kind of dismisses that, and as Danny O'Neill says, in the Pete Carroll era, in games where quarterbacks throw for over 400 yards, the Seahawks are eight and zero. Yeah, it's because they're behind. Yeah. I mean, those are, it's real simple. In games like that, they're they're throwing every play because they're behind. And Atlanta went behind early. They they came back, you know, shortly before the half. But then 
The Seahawks put their put the foot back on the accelerator. So uh, a quarterback piling up yards stats doesn't bother me in the least. You know, it doesn't make any difference in a game again where where the Seahawks really weren't headed except briefly contended with in the second quarter. You know, on the road, you know, we we talked about it on Friday. They're two and eight road openers under Pete Carroll going into this game. So. This is normally not a good circumstance for them, and, and they walk away with the win. And like I said, the, the thing that, that stood out of the two things that really stood out to me over the weekend, the fact that home field advantage is not going to be the factor that it normally is, uh, really jumped out. I mean, they got to fix the crowd noise stuff. It sounds ridiculous in some cases, and they had some real problems with it in a few places, but it's simply not the same thing. It, it, you didn't feel it, even though it didn't matter in the New Orleans game. It's going to be different at Century Link. So, um, you know, the, the, the home field advantage that teams have, in my opinion, doesn't really exist this year in the NFL. It should, should, make, should make it for an interesting season because, you know, it's going to be on talent. You're not going to have, you know, you're doubtful that the crowds are going to be able to, well, they're not going to be any, are going to force the sorts of things that crowds force. And sometimes it's momentum, it's, it's defenses having trouble communicating, all those sorts of things all out the window. Yeah, no doubt, and so uh, that that looked good, and it did not look good for San Francisco yesterday. The 49ers, believe it or not, team that a lot of people still think is a better team than Seattle, uh, ended up losing 24-20. to The wide receiver injuries continue to catch up. Jimmy Garoppolo did not look good. I mean, he didn't have a good day, and uh, you know, I think they may have left themselves exposed by not adding anything in the defensive backfield because uh, you know DeAndre Hopkins just burned them up for about 151 yards. Well, two things on that, John. One, I think the NFC West is very good, and division games are always tough no matter what. So, you know, the Seahawks have been bounced by lousy Arizona teams as well. So I don't put that much more stock in it. But I think Arizona's better, much better than they were last year. And, and uh, Hopkins is a great addition for Kyler Murray to have, who's another second-year player who figures to take a big step up. I agree with you on San Francisco, you know, showing some wobbliness in some aspects. But you know, the thing you don't want to do about week one, uh, especially in a loss situation, is overreact. You know, it's the, the easiest week to overreact to, and you don't need to. But uh, I do think that, you know, then witnessing the Rams, excuse me, against the Cowboys and what the Seahawks did, you know, was a tremendous week for the NFC West, which looks talented top to bottom. Oh, yeah. What do you think of uh, your former team, the Cowboys, and uh, their loss in Los Angeles to the Rams? Well, I think the Rams are going to be tough this year. I, you know, I, like everyone else, got a good insight into them during hard knocks. They, you know, they quasi stepped back last year. Uh, you know, are motivated this year. I think the Cowboys are are, are, are a product of hype, as they always are, are hyped too much. Uh, you know, their, their predictions for them to have success is based on the weakness of the NFC East, which is weak. And again, I'm not going to overreact to one game, but um, you know, they they showed vulnerabilities all over the field. I, I thought and. And I think they lost Vander Esch for, for, for six to eight weeks, so they had suffered a serious injury. But you've got Dak Prescott, you know, in, in kind of a contract drive year. Uh, Alden Smith was, uh, was a pleasant surprise, I think, for a guy who's been away for five years, uh, was, was active on the field. So they're still in a pretty easy division, uh, it looks like after week one. And, um, I still think they'll have a successful year, but the Rams kind of, like I said, showed up that, that, uh, you know, the NFC West, my takeaway from week one on that is the NFC West might just be the best division in football. Now, we'll see. Again, don't want to overreact to, to week one, but reacting to week one, it was a very good week for the NFC West. How do you react to the Cleveland Browns and uh, getting blown away 38-6 to by Baltimore? By the old Browns. Well, two ways. One, you know, Cleveland uh, was thought to be a, 
you know, a sleeper team this year, and and uh, they still can be. I mean, obviously nothing's out of out of the box, but I, I think for a team that that is trying to contend for the first time, it's a, it's a bad loss. I think you know you remember the Ravens were, were just the dominant team in the NFL till the postseason last year. Were absolutely running roughshod over everyone. Uh, the difference in, in this game was their defense was really really good. You know, in, in the other games it was just uh, too much Lamar, and and he was. He was fine in this game. Uh, I think the Ravens are an excellent club. The Browns, uh, it's a bad start. But uh, I'll, I'll just say it's, it's nothing more than just a bad start. They still have a talented roster. They still can bounce back. But, you know, when you're not a team that's used to winning, it's hard to break that habit. And uh, that's what the Browns are. They're a team that's not used to winning. Yeah, no doubt. And that's uh, they, they sure showed, and that was just really bad. But how about Jacksonville? And uh, Garner Minshew, 19 of 20 completions, 95%, and they beat an Indianapolis Colts team that I thought with Phillip Rivers was going to win the division. And played pretty good. Yeah. Phillip Rivers had a pretty good game. Uh, you know, he's got to get, you know, him and you saw it with Tom Brady, you know, in, in Tampa. Those are guys that, that really, really were hurt by, by the lack of, of, of training camp, uh, you know, being what it normally is because they didn't have a chance to, to get much on the same page with their receivers with practices being limited the way they were, uh, they'll be better. I mean, Rivers will be better and Brady will be better. Uh, Gardner Minshew, just tip your cap. The kid is just a fantastic player. He's just a, he's just a good player. Uh, you know, you forget about physical size, stature, arm strength, everything like that. He's just one of those guys who's got it. And, um, you know, we'll see if, if, if this propels Jacksonville to anything. It's obviously a good start, but uh, uh, really nice to see Minshew, who is, so popular as you're up here, you know, just just kind of show that that he is one of those guys that is that is much more of the sum of his parts. That he's just a good quarterback and uh, is just a solid player. And and they made the right decision, I think, in keeping him and and, and going with him. Okay, so uh, you're going to have two games to watch today because you have the Giants and the Steelers, you have Tennessee and Denver, so we have more football to wrap up Week One. And that's our daily dose of the Gros with Dave Grosby. Dave, enjoy. I want to throw in a quick, uh, John, the, the Mariners are, are two and a half game, or a game and a half out of the last playoff spot, and they're playing a, a big doubleheader today that we've got on the radio with Oakland. If they can, if they can somehow find a way to knock down the A's, who've been very, very good, uh, we got a pennant race going on, too. How about that? It's amazing. Unbelievable. Yep. We'll see how they can do, but doubleheader today, and that's our Daily Dose of the Gros with Dave Grosby, and we'll be back tomorrow at 10. It's the John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.